In our world full of screens and screen-based entertainment, we can sometimes lose track perhaps of just how influential popular music continues to be. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Well, the Grammys are our annual reminder that the world of popular music, which these days is dominated by rap and R&B, remains incredibly influential. And even if you didn't tune in, this award show gives us a great opportunity to dive deeper into this important entertainment realm. Specifically, we want to talk about how music has the potential to influence our kids in ways that maybe other forms of screen-based entertainment doesn't. And in our second segment, Emily Chow will join us to talk about Marvel's latest special effects extravaganza. I love that word, extravaganza. Ant-Man <laughs> and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. It unofficially opens for preview screenings tonight and, you know, of course, officially tomorrow. And given the problems that Marvel has had lately, both with storytelling and with content, you know, we're wondering, are these problems shrinking? Get it? Shrinking? Quantum Mania? So good, Adam. That's are they? Funny. Are they the growing? dad jokes are on. I point. know, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm fishing for That's it good. hard today. Or, you know, is this one better than the last several things we've seen? We also want to remind you that voting is ongoing for this year's Plugged In Movie Award nominees in four different categories. Best Movies for Kids, Teens, Adults, and Best Christian Movie. You can go to the show notes for this week's episode and find links to individual entries for each category where you can vote. Or you can just go to our Instagram or Facebook pages. We'll be announcing your picks and our Plugged In Team Picks for the winner in each category on Tuesday, March 7th at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time in a special live streamed episode of The Plugged In Show. So that's where we're headed today. And as always, we'd encourage you to get involved with The Plugged In Show yourself. Leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, with no further ado, let's get started. Joining me today are Kristen Smith, Kennedy Unthank, and Jonathan McKee. Hey, everyone. Hello. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the Grammys in just a few minutes. And it's obviously award season, this time of year that after the holidays, it's like, you know, the holidays for everybody in the entertainment industry, because there's an award show for almost everything, it feels like. So I'm wondering two things. Do you watch these shows? And if so, do you have a favorite? And I guess if you don't watch, maybe you won't have a favorite, but... You can tell me what you think about those questions. <laughs> I don't I don't watch them. Okay. Moving but, on. <laughs> but I watch I watch the clips that I'm assigned to watch, right? For like okay. to see kind of, you know, do the review and that sort of thing. So I don't I don't necessarily So have you a have favorite. a professional interest. I have a professional interest only. Yes. Okay. Thank you for that, Adam. You bet. Yeah, Good. I gotta say I don't watch them, but I do. So this is turning out to, to be the lamest icebreaker question I have ever asked, right? Here's the thing, Adam. (laughs) I only listen to one award show, and that is the Plugged In Movie Awards. Oh, Oh, man. I love it. I see what you did there, and that is awesome. That's more job security for the next year. Right, right. (laughs) It's good that you're thinking about that. Jonathan, are you going to make it a a turkey or a trifecta here? Do you watch any of these shows? Okay, so um, for, I mean... (laughs) Probably 20 years we would review, you know, MTV, Video Music Awards, Movie Awards, Grammys, all that stuff. Um, We did all the time. And honestly, since probably between 2012, 2015, um, parents just weren't interested in that anymore. They were interested in what's going on with social media and my kids and and self-esteem is plummeted and this and that so i mean it's interesting the the influence of social media kind of trumped 
me even following that more. And I've just focused on that. So I'm, I'm sure it's really interesting uh, and all that, but I've kind of focused my attention elsewhere. So yeah, I, I just don't even thank goodness. I don't have to watch it anymore because honestly, it was always just depressing to me. It was okay. very depressing. So yeah. And what, what I'll say to redeem myself a little is that well, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer here. The, I mean, yeah, for the most part, I'm going to have the longest answer. I'm just going to go on record here. Yeah. I just think, uh, for the most part, for me, it just takes a little too long. Yeah. It's like I I'm hard pressed to spend like three hours watching someone else get an award. Yeah, like Especially for a movie or a, a song or even a TV show, you know, that I right. personally didn't really care about. And a lot of the times a lot of the modern uh nominees are things that I'm not personally interested in. Okay. So, I mean, it seems pretty clear, Kennedy, that TikTok is eroding your attention span and you want a bigger payoff <laughs> yeah, faster exactly. and then you want the next payoff faster. You leave Thank Kennedy you. alone. I yeah. know. No, I, I think only that, eat TV dinners. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's actually indicative of where we're at culturally, that these things were once water cooler events. Yes, that's true. And, and they're really yeah, not anymore. Now, sure. I will say that mm-hmm. my wife and I remain big movie fans. So we always watch the Oscars Um, and up until a few years ago we usually either hosted or attended an Oscar party which um, depending on the year sometimes was awesome sometimes you're glad your friends were there because the actual program wasn't much to write home about Um, but that's the one that that we always watch so I guess that by default um, that is uh, that's my favorite Oscar party Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and, and we had a couple of years where we actually had themed foods. That's where kind of fun. We picked a food that somehow related to yeah, yeah. to each movie. So I'd go for the food, but that sounds fun. Right? So yeah. it's kind of like a Super Bowl, only more boring. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Actually, it's not really like the Super Bowl at all. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> and on that note. So I want to pick up on something Jonathan said, just um, about the place of music in our entertainment world and especially in our kids entertainment diets Um, as I often do I want to I want to just turn the clock back I want to go back to yesteryear for just a a couple minutes here Mm. back in the day when I was growing up in the the halcyon days of Ronald Reagan and the Cold War music was a big deal you could go to conferences about the influence of music on kids Plugged In was founded as a newsletter in 1991 called Parental Guidance. And the primary focus of that was music. And we had a traveling music conference that that parents attended. Um, Those of a certain age, my generation will remember that Tipper Gore became infamous for congressional hearings about what constituted graphic lyrics. You know, she had the Filthy 15, which were 15 songs that she and the the Parents Music Resource Center felt like this is the worst of the worst. And like some of them you listen to now and you're like, okay, clearly I need to listen again because I didn't hear anything (laughs) filthy there. Um, And we worried about the influence of Ozzy Osbourne and Prince and ACDC. And and it was this kind of pearl-clutching time where parents were, I think, in some ways overreacting, but in some ways rightly recognizing the influence of music. And under that influence, I've probably talked about this before, I threw away 200 cassettes and completely rejected secular music for a number of years. And, you know, full disclosure, I've probably since bought a few of those back. And and now you can stream everything, which kind of brings me to where we're at today. Um, you know, these days, 
as Jonathan was saying, it feels like music just has completely fallen off the radar of parents. Um, you don't ever hear anybody talk about it much mm-hmm. unless somebody, you know, like Cardi B does something that's so utterly mm-hmm. outlandish that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you might get a headline or two. And even then, mostly you're going to have people defending her. And there's also not a shared music experience. I think it's easy to think, eh, music's not really that important anymore. Mm-hmm. But the reality is... Music is still everywhere, and I would argue with the advent of streaming, you might be able to make the case that music has never been more influential. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got people with earbuds in all the time, and if you want to listen to the hot new band, you don't have to borrow a cassette from your friend like I did. You don't have to talk your parents into going to the store and hoping that it's available in your small town in Iowa. Newsflash, your parents didn't want to take you, and it wasn't available, so it was like (laughs) double jeopardy. You just stream it and it's all out there. And most of us have some kind of a streaming service. And today's kids are growing up with the ability to mix and match and mingle all of it on their Spotify and Pandora lists with incredible ease. You know what? If my son hears Cashmere by Led Zeppelin and he's like, I want to learn more about Led Zeppelin. He doesn't have to go to a record store. It's just there, you know, all of it. Um, and, And pick your artist over the last 60 years boom, they can go right into it. So today we're going to talk about music and its influence. I think we could talk about this topic for for a long time. It's one that I care a lot about personally, but we're going to try to keep it to, oh, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. Adam, don't you think it's interesting because, you know, it's funny. I used to like, you know, at a parent workshop, I wanted to give parents kind of a glimpse of youth culture. And very often, if you showed them a glimpse of like the MTV Video Music Awards, it was like, okay, here's the role models of today. Yep. Here's what they're streaming today. Here's this and that. Now, it's interesting because I think social media has definitely not replaced music because yeah. you, you nailed it, man. I mean, music is still streaming. If you look at the Common Sense Media Reports, the amount of music that young people are streaming per day, it, it's still way up there. Yep. The interesting thing is their focus of attention no longer is necessarily a TV show. It's that little device they have in their pocket. Now, granted, the most popular app out right now is TikTok, which used to be called Musically. 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 Okay. Or musicality, as I like to call it. Exactly. You know, (laughs) dot L-Y. And the interesting thing is, is it is so tied with music. So yeah, music is a huge influence. I guess my focus is I've steered parents towards more pay attention to what's going on on this screen the one in your kid's pocket rather than the screen hanging in the living room because that's where their attention is now what's on that little device lots of music same poor role models but they have access to them because they follow them on tiktok on instagram etc and they're streaming their music and by the way the other interesting thing is it's it used to be kind of like oh is there the clean version where it no no, yeah there's none of that anymore it's all just the 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 top 10 you know even the top 10 charts streaming foul language it doesn't matter what what are we talking about because they all have access to it anywhere anytime for most of them all night long yeah i remember growing up that E for explicit, right? That that yeah. meant like you will not listen to this trash. That's right, right. And, and now... that came from Tipper Gore, by the way. That came from the thing that she pioneered in the yeah, late eighties. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like I just remember looking at that, and even if there were a few songs on the album, right, that that were redeemable or that right. I would like, it was an absolute no in my house. Yep. So 
you know, you look now and right. and I'll go through and you can pick up an album like Taylor Swift's new albums, right? Like it, it might be labeled E for explicit, but now they do it for specific songs. Yep. And at this point, just because that song doesn't have an E doesn't mean that there's not a profanity. Right. It's yeah. like how harsh is the profanity yeah, attached to exactly. the explicit label? Um, and so it's interesting because that's really shifted. And so I, how could parents truly possibly keep up with right. the amount of information and streaming capacities that the kids well, have I want to circle hands. back to that because I think that's a super important question. Kennedy? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, just something I'd like to add on is not a lot of people actually know this, but on Spotify, you can actually go in and you can make mm -hmm. it so that you can't even see songs that have the little E. Yep. Okay. You can just turn that feature off so they don't even pop up. They don't play anything. Yeah, it's true. Well, here's where I want to go next. Um, obviously, this has been a big week with the Grammys, and we saw um, Sam Smith and Kim Petras perform a, a Satan-theme version of their hit song, Unholy, and they got a Grammy for it. Um, and the internet sort of collectively lost its mind. Yeah. And for me, and I, I just want to touch on this briefly because I think these are the water cooler moments that, that do happen occasionally where something happens and it sort of gets everybody's attention. Mm -hmm. I'm like, uh, am I supposed to take the bait here? It's like, oh man, Sam Smith dressed up as Satan. I'm like, hello. I mean, we've had sympathy from the devil from the Rolling Stones since the 1960s. This sort yeah. of feels like old news. And yet I think that it, it's a great sort of jumping off point to talk about how do we help our kids think about the influence of music? So did you guys see the clip? What was your what was your thought as you watched it? Well, I reviewed the original song. Yeah. So it wasn't much different. Okay. I mean, you could have wore whatever you wanted to wear and still sing that <laughs> song and the point would have gone across. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think Well said. I think personally when it comes to that kind of stuff, it it's a lot easier for parents to see something like that, to hear something like that, that's so profane or crude and say, absolutely not. It's really that other stuff that has like yeah. the innuendo or that's like portraying a worldview that creeps in, I think, a lot more. Yeah. And that leads me to my next question. We could probably spend half an hour just talking about that performance. I wanted to just touch on it because I think that's, sure <laughs> that's happened. <laughs> yeah. um, but how, and this gets at what you're saying, how do you think music influences young listeners and how does it work in ways that are different from other screen-based forms of entertainment? Jonathan, you've been talking about how social media influences us, but let's circle back. If somebody, you know, listens to a song a whole bunch of times, how is that influence working in their hearts and minds? You know, I, you've said it. Let me quote the great Adam Holtz. You know, oh boy. it's like you've seen Star Wars probably over 100 times, right? Oh, but, at least. But Last you've week. listened to Bon Jovi's <laughs> Slippery When Wet probably over 1,000 times. You know, and so the yeah, thing is. Or 10,000. Yeah. I mean, music is one of those things where, you know, if young people love something, very often they want to get as much as they can. Music is something that while they're doing other stuff, they've got music playing in the background. TikTok videos have music playing in the background. A lot of the stuff they're watching has music in the background. So much of their entertainment, music is a part of it. And music is something that over and over again, and it's very easy for us to kind of like pick on certain, you know, the, the things that stand out like a, a performance with Satan. But let me meddle for a quick second. Sure. Um, I like country music. 
I'm just admitting it. Okay. I like country music. There's something about it. I always joke and say, you know, it's God's music, you know, haha, you know, cause, cause I it's love not, the, but whatever. That's another that's podcast yeah, I for another time. I, I love something about, you know, riding a tractor with my dog on the tractor. You know, there, there's something like about it. There's just, it brings me to a happy place. Okay. But the thing is, it is interesting because like I constantly will listen to charts just to kind of hear. And I, I haven't counted, I don't know, but I was working in my backyard last week. I turned on the top country just to hear probably every other song is about being depressed and trying to solve it with drinking right probably because they're other listening song. to too much country music literally half, <laughs> half of it and it's kind of sad because in all honesty it's a hey maybe it's worth a shot or two you know that's the lyrics of songs right now of maybe it's worth a shot i, I can't seem to find satisfaction let me try find it here and this is sometimes what you know people hear over and over again and it starts to affect them. And I tell you, when you have a family member or a friend who's an alcoholic, mm -hmm. um, it's sobering. Yeah. I'd just like to push forth as well that it's not even um, just like a secular thing. It's right. that, you know, I, I've had to catch myself when, you know, I'm listening to a song and then I eventually inevitably look up the lyrics and I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize that's what they were saying, you know? Right. And just yeah. because you get so swept away by the tune itself yeah. that... You don't even realize what you're saying. Um, and this isn't even for secular music, though, as well. as I, I won't go too deep into this, but there's a lot of times with Christian music, too, that we don't even realize what we're saying half the time. Right. Right. Is God's love really reckless? That's Ooh. another podcast for another time. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm there. Sign well, me up. <laughs> I think before we dive into that, I yeah. was thinking specifically about the influence of music on teenagers. And I remember, we've talked about this a lot before, but I remember being like a teenager and wanting to like hold myself up in my room and your emotional state can shift with like the drop of a dime. Right. And music mm -hmm. helps mm -hmm. to fuel that, right? Yeah. Whether mm -hmm. it is Absolutely. depression or anxiety or you want to be happy, so you put on a happy song or you want to feel this way, so you put on this kind of song. We've Like, yeah. like yeah. you were saying before, um, how you threw all this stuff away. When I was in college, I listened to a lot of Drake um, <laughs> and did some choice things that I probably wouldn't have. I just know that it affected the way that I acted. It affected the way that I that I thought and processed. And I think specifically, because we, we've talked about this again before, but like people that struggle with depression and anxiety, there's a ton of music to Jonathan's point that fuels that frame of mind. And if you are constantly listening to things like that to stay in that state, it's going to bleed into every area of your life. And there's a nostalgia attached to what you listened to when you were young, right? Yeah. Um, but I think we have to remember for kids, it's, it's, I remember my mom getting on me saying like, these lyrics are terrible. And she was so right. I'm telling you nine times out of 10, I wasn't listening to the words. Right. Or I was listening to the words, not really grasping what they meant. Right. So mm -hmm. insert parental authority well, and, and like, guidance. You know, like what Kennedy was saying, uh, this is a, a bizarre example, and some of you maybe have never heard this song. There's a song, I believe it came out in 1982, Come On Eileen, mm -hmm. by Dexy's <laughs> Midnight Runners, right? Yeah, yeah. This is a song that was like epic earworm. Like yeah. if I think of songs of the 80s that come on the radio and you just want to, because it's a... Oh, it's still played all the time. I mean, today. it's still yeah, a yeah. super, super fun song to listen to. Classic and I was 80s. Like, and I was like 30 and I started thinking about, it. I'm like, what is this song about? <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, come on, Eileen. Oh, I swear at this moment, 
You mean everything. You're whom I trust. You're the best. So come on, let's take off everything. So the entire song is this guy trying to talk his girlfriend into taking her clothes off. Mm-hmm. I, it took me 30 years to figure it out, but it was all in there, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and sometimes I think those messages may be influencing us in ways that that we're not even completely aware of. You know, here, here's an interesting thing. You know, let, let me talk about the flip side for a second. We, we've talked about this before, but because um, I think the big question, like, Kristen even raised is like, well, what do we do as parents? So how what do we do? do we yeah, respond? what's the yeah, so How do we what? respond to this? Yep. Yeah, I remember a friend who, uh, when I was doing parent workshops, his focus was at the time going around and talking specifically about music to parents. And as we did this one thing where I was talking about the influence of you know social media, he was talking about music. He said something that was really interesting. My kids were in the house, and I remember it was fascinating because he said one of the rules he had in his house was that the first – uh, like I can't remember if it was the first hour of the day, first half hour of the day, and the last hour going to bed at night. Um, he didn't have a lot of rules during the day, but the first hour and that last hour was only for uh, Christian music. And it was just a yeah, rule he had in the cool. house. And I thought it was really interesting. And so I talked about it with my family, and we actually decided to adopt that. Um, personally, I'll tell you, uh, I've shared sometimes on this podcast, 2020 was a really rough year for our family. We had a real tough time. And um, there was about three months where a lot of us were really struggling with, with, you know, death in the family and all kinds of crazy mm-hmm. stuff that was happening. And um, I created a playlist during that time. And I'm going to confess, I have not been a fan of a lot of Christian music because I just, I, I just wasn't a fan. I, I, I tried, I tried, I couldn't. But when I fell flat on my face and cried out to God, I literally mm-hmm. opened up the Word, and then you know what I did is I opened up Spotify. And I started creating a playlist, and I created one called I Raise My Hands, and another one, uh, you know, I, I created two of them. And, and um, I tell you, I would go on walks and play that playlist and through the Psalms and through listening to worship music, thank you, Mercy Me, thank you, Casting Crowns, thank you, Lauren <laughs> Daigle. Um, I had some really amazing worship moments that just really impacted me mm. and I felt like influenced my mood, mm-hmm. my, uh, my spirit, who mm-hmm. I was. And I think there's some really good positive things that can happen yep. when you find the right music. And for us and for our family, that morning and night, starting your day and ending your day in worship was a pretty powerful thing for our family. It might be for you. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think music is like directly spiritual, like yeah. all of it. Um, so I would say like, I, I really like that. I've never, I mean, I think I remember you saying that, but I've never implemented that in my own home. I do have worship on a lot though. Um, but I think as a kid, and I think maybe a lot of people listening can relate to this. We weren't allowed to listen for a long time to anything but Christian music. And so (laughs) it built up this like disdain (laughs) for, for air one ish sort of music, um, where everything sounds the same, right? This is nothing against Air One, but everything sounds the same. And I really, really disliked that because there was so much talent I felt elsewhere. Now, I feel like now I I didn't have stuff like growing up like Lecrae or Maverick City or all of these, like everything sounds different, right? Like you can get gospel, you can get rap, you can get all these things that are Christian, but they actually, I feel like there's a little bit of 
more than one cord. Um, However, I think as a parent now raising children, I want to have conversations. And Adam, you've really helped me a lot with this. I want to have conversations about what does this song mean? Because I'm okay if you listen to something that's not labeled explicitly Christian, but I do want to know, like, what's the message that's being portrayed? Instead of just slapping on this label and saying, no, they don't call themselves Christians. Well, Switchfoot says directly that they don't want to be known as Christian music. So does that mean we don't Mm. get to listen Mm. to them, right? right? So I think having conversations about what this music means, what it's saying, and the atmosphere that it creates in your home, because parents are responsible for the atmosphere that they create in their home. And the atmosphere in your heart. Exactly. I mean, what's the fruit of it? And scripture says we can look at our choices and evaluate the fruit of it. Uh, And and I think about Romans 12, 1 and 2. You know, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing renewing of your mind. Um, And and that idea that we're in the word. And Jonathan, you talk about this a lot, too, just that the word is our plumb line. The word is what helps us evaluate. The word is what gives us the ability to say this is a good choice this is a bad choice and to evaluate the ideas that we're seeing yeah and i think uh that's kind of where this is all going is that uh inherently music is very it's a very emotional experience Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean even if you're secular and you disagree with that just look at musicals where mm-hmm. the entire point of a musical is they're so overwhelmed with emotion that they have to sing. They start dancing. Yeah, they have to <laughs> sing and they that have to dance. That happens to me all the time. <laughs> and, you know, even in the Bible is when people are so overwhelmed so with emotion yeah. is they start to just sing. They start to sing these songs of praise. Like when they uh, when they get through the Exodus, the first thing they do is they sing a new song to the Lord. Um, and so when we think about that music is this super emotional experience we just have to remember that because it's super emotional it's bound to influence us yeah and since it's bound to influence us that doesn't mean we have to only listen to christian music by any means i mean shout out to the arcadian wild i love them (laughs) they're not christian you know right at least explicitly Mm -hmm. um but it does mean that we should guard our hearts and we should look at what the message of the song is see how it might be influencing us uh intentionally or unintentionally yeah, and I think music too. Sorry, before we get we, again, we could talk about this for forever. But I think currently, I've heard a lot of like music gets this artistic pass, especially when it comes to music videos, as if yep. we get to just say, "Well, that's what the artist is feeling, and that's what they conjured up," and somehow it's art, even when it's trash. Like, no, it's not. Wow, you just went full plugged in <laughs> well, right I'm there. Just, I, it, <laughs> it is, or like you know, like you can't just say like this is this gives them artistic license to do whatever they want. Sure, it might, but that doesn't mean that that can that reigns in your house you know yeah that's exactly right and i think you know Kristen, coming back to what you were saying as our kids get older i think it becomes a conversation mm-hmm. right that we give them increasing agency that would be the popular word today freedom yeah to make their own decisions but we need to be interacting with them what are you listening to what what are you attracted to what do you identify with what is it about either this artist and sometimes it's as much the artist as it is the actual music you know what is it that you are saying man this connects with some part of me and i think as parents sometimes we see our kids connecting with stuff that raises red flags for us and we want to just say "Mm, time out that's out of bounds and i think especially when our kids are younger that's absolutely appropriate Mm. but as they move into their middle and later teen years I think if we do that, it's going to shut down relationship and shut down conversation. But if we can take the time to understand where they're coming from, 
we then have the ability to circle back and have a conversation about influence. How do you think that's shaping you? How do you think that's influencing the way you see yourself, the way you see other people? I know for me, and I've talked about this before, um, with a lot of rock music, one of the huge themes in rock is alienation. And if you listen to songs about alienation and you feel alienated, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, exactly. You're going to feel like it's reinforcing that idea that you're alone. Mm -hmm. And that's maybe not an explicit problem in the same way sex or drugs or profanity might be, but it's a worldview Mm -hmm. that is off. Mm -hmm. And so, um, Obviously, this is, as, as we've said, a huge conversation. So I want to bring things in for a landing here. But hopefully, as we've talked today, it's been a reminder to you that music hasn't gone anywhere. And in fact, technology has made it more available than ever. And yeah. it's important to know what your kids are listening to. And maybe even more important to know, well, why are you listening to that? And how might that be influencing you? Well, in our second segment today, Emily Chow is here to tell us about... Wait for it. Yet another Marvel movie. This one is called Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, which, frankly, that's a mouthful. I mean, uh, tell us what's going on in this movie. Well, Ant-Man and the Wasp have returned. Uh, This time we are talking post-Endgame. And uh, essentially what happens is Scott's daughter, Cassie, opens up a portal. And Scott is the Ant-Man, right? Scott is the Ant-Man. He um so her his daughter Cassie accidentally opens up a portal to the quantum realm where Hope, who is the Wasp, her mom spent 30 years in the quantum realm. And if I were the quantum realm, what would I be? A place outside of time and space. Okay. Uh, so it's so, kind of like my cubicle then. Yeah. You're not wrong. No, Ant-Man, <laughs> Ant-Man actually spent five years there during the blip. But to him, because it's outside of time, it was only a couple of hours, okay. you know. Uh, but Hope's mom, Janet, she spent 30 years there. Okay. And it was actually 30 years for her. And so when they all get sucked in there, uh, they find out that Janet's been lying to them. She was not oh, there snap. by herself. The whole time she was there, she was like, there was nothing there. I was by myself. It was awful. Isolation, all that. Lies. No, turns out she met up with a dude there whose name is King the Conqueror. King the Conqueror. A.K.A. our villain. Uh-huh. And now, basically, she got on the bad side of Kang. He wants to destroy her, yada, yada. This is the movie. And he wants to destroy, like, everything, right? He wants to destroy everything. He's a bad he is, dude. He is a multiversal traveler who got exiled to the quantum realm so that he could no longer affect time or space because he was like wiping out entire timelines and entire parallel universes within the multiverse. And he's sort of Thanos part two, right? I mean, he's I, being set up as the next huge multi-movie bad a guy. Pretty, I would say he's a pretty big villain, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we have, even trying to simplify it, it sounds like a complicated plot. But, oh, my goodness. Very um, convoluted. <laughs> um, we'll come back to that in a minute. In terms of content, you know, with Marvel, we always want to keep an eye on, you know, is there slippage here? Because it's a pretty well-established brand. Yeah. And we have a – usually it's like, okay, it's a Marvel movie. I know what to expect. Are we still in that realm content-wise? I honestly felt like this one was pushing it in okay. a lot of ways. In what ways? Um, so, like – Violence-wise, it's pretty much the same um, in terms of how the violence is portrayed, how people die, all of that. 
But uh, the language was something that stood out to me in this one. It was kind of gratuitous in that, you know, it goes up to the S word and they use it about four times. Um, But what really stood out is like there were two instances where they make a joke out of repeating the same curse word over and over and over and over. Oh, wow. And it was kind of like, really? It it felt very much like middle school boy humor. And it was really dumb. And but it stood out. It was like, I feel like you just did this to see how many times you could say that word. Okay. You know? And then um, the other thing, though, that comes up that really kind of bugged me is... um, Which is ironic since it's Ant-Man and the Wasp. (laughs) So Hope's parents, um, Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, they were separated for 30 years while she was stuck in the quantum realm, right? Right. So they both have, have this conversation where they both just admit, oh, yeah, by the way, I cheated on you. Like, they both cheated on each other during those 30 years, and it's just like... It's mentioned and they play it for comedic effect because Hope's right there. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to hear this, you know. But then that's it. And they're just like, OK. So it kind of it kind of minimizes like, and makes a joke yeah, of infidelity. Yeah, it was. And it really bugged me. I was like, again, with the bugs. That's weird. Well, yeah, again, with the <laughs> bugs. But yeah, no, that was something that was just weird. And the movie had some uh, honestly, overall, the movie just kind of felt rushed and it felt like. Every time they started to get into something deep, the plot had to move forward, so they just skipped right over it. Okay. Yeah, I know you and I talked about it a little bit before the show, and it wasn't your favorite Marvel movie. Is that a a fair assessment? (laughs) That is a very fair assessment. Uh, I left that theater, and I just, I've never been so dissatisfied with a Marvel movie before. I was very bummed out. When I left, because it just it wasn't satisfying at all. It was just very, again, if everything felt rushed, everything felt cheap, everything felt shallow okay. about it. So in addition to some real content concerns, at least from your subjective yeah. opinion, <laughs> uh, the story wasn't that satisfying either. And, yeah. and obviously, uh, we'll go into more detail in our full review, which you can find at PluggedIn.com. And as always, if this is a movie you're considering for your family, you will want to check out our full review, just so you know exactly what you're getting into. Thanks, Emily. Well, now it's time for a game we call Name That Movie, in which each of us Oh, we've got a sentence or two describing a movie in such a way that maybe it's not quite clear what it is and, and the rest of us have to guess. And, and the point here is to to have a little bit of fun. I mean, we do want to play Stump the Chump a little bit, but not so much that the chump is, is totally stumped. And I thought this week, since we were talking about music, we could do movies that have some sort of a musical tie-in. Kennedy, you want to lead us off today? Oh, I'm so ready. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, He's sorry. written these down. Oh, yeah. Uh. I'm never going to remember it otherwise. All right. Okay. Michael Giacchino has earned many awards for his movie and television scores, but it was his work in this animated movie about a disgruntled senior's journey to South America that earned Pixar its first Academy Award for Best Original Score. Oh, I know. Up, right? Yes, it's it is up. up. Okay. Hey. All right. Hey. I, I might be okay at well, this. You might I be okay at this. That's All awesome. Right. I don't want to go next, though. Does Jonathan? Jonathan does. I, I, I can, can go. feel it. I can go. Ready? I can feel it. Yeah, do it. Uh, okay, here we go. Super simple. Ready? <laughs> A young bookworm attempts to rescue her father and discovers love instead. Not oh, Matilda. Oh, I know what that is. I don't. It's Beauty and the Beast. Ah, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, 
There goes I've the never gotten one before. That's like my noise. first time, I think. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'll go next, and Kristen, you can uh, you I, can be the closer. <laughs> unless you want to go right now. I don't now. think anyone wants me to be the closer on this. Okay, go ahead then. Um. Okay. A small creature that walks on four legs. <laughs> I love it. Is hung over a rock and told his destiny. Oh. oh there we go. Lion King. Okay. Yeah. That's, 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 that's all I got, guys. Every time. Okay, are we ready? Yes. This revolutionary movie featured a shy but passionate performer with a horrible family life, a great motorcycle, and a penchant for plum-colored outfits. You can do it. The never-ending story. No. <laughs> the key words here are revolutionary and plum. Of course. I thought the motorcycle was one. Uh, it's medium. Is there one in Greece? Is there no. a motorcycle in Greece? No, I don't know. See, can I we get a clue? Larry, Larry Boy. No, I don't no know. it's not Larry Boy. <laughs> uh, Power pit. Passionate performer plum. What letter do each of those words start with? P. Who is a performer whose name starts with P? Prince. Yeah, there you go. And what movie did Purple he do? Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Revolutionary movie. Uh, I wasn't allowed to see that movie. Prince. I wasn't either. Uh, <laughs> Prince in the Revolution. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think you see, won, though, right? If we well, didn't guess it, that no, makes no, you the I don't, winner. I don't know that we need winners or losers here. We always it's, do. There's always this, winners and losers. I know, but this is really about the joy no. of, of participating. Yeah, Kristen okay, wants a trophy. <laughs> All right, Kristen, you No, won. I just, you can't be that coach. We came here to have fun. We didn't. Well, I'm not we that coach. We came here to win or lose. <laughs> All right. Let's... Just kidding, Only Adam. one of just us kidding, gets Adam. a trophy. The you rest of us. Take the girl out of the fired. competition, but you can't take the competition out of the girl, that was right? Fun. <laughs> okay. Well, if you would like to participate in our game of Name That Movie, you can send us your own descriptions of movies to puzzle out. And if we choose to use yours on a future episode, we'll send you a copy of Jonathan McKee's book, Parenting Generation Screen. All of the official rules are posted on our blog, and you'll find a link to it in the episode notes for today's show. Well, thanks again for spending some time with us today at The Plugged In Show. If you have enjoyed our conversation about music, and it feels like, honestly, we just scratched the surface, we would love to hear from you. What are your pain points? What are your thoughts? How have you managed this in your own family? And you can drop us a line at team at thepluggedinshow.com or get in touch with us via Facebook and Instagram. And you can also leave us a comment or a review wherever you get your podcast, and that will help other people to know kind of what the Plugged In Show is all about. And if you haven't taken time to vote yet for your favorite Plugged In Movie Award nominees, well, why not? You'll find all the information on how to do that in the episode notes for today's show. Well, thanks again for spending some time with us today at the Plugged In Show. We know that you have all kinds of things demanding your attention. And our hope each week as we get together and talk is that this gives you some encouragement, some inspiration, and some practical ways to think about how you navigate popular culture and technology with your family. So please make sure to join us again next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show. Plugged In.